0: And keep your dial here for Story U Talk Radio with Coach Debbie, helping you become a better rider. Right now, 45 degrees here in the Puget Sound. We'll see sunset tonight at 5.05 p.m. NBC News Radio, I'm Brian Shook. More than a dozen states are still playing catch-up when it comes to coronavirus vaccines. The CDC says 16 states have yet to administer at least 50% of the shots they've received, but the health agency noted Thursday the country as a whole has administered roughly 54% of the more than 48 million distributed doses. New York Governor Andrew Cuomo's office is pushing back on today's report alleging coronavirus data was misrepresented. James Flip reports... Attorney General Tish James put out a report alleging the state's number of dead due to coronavirus in nursing homes is significantly higher than the state's official number. New York Health Commissioner Dr. Howard Zucker taking issue with that, saying the state never failed to report coronavirus deaths, but rather they base qualifications off where the patient dies, meaning a hospital death is a hospital death. Dr. Zucker also argues nursing homes were already riddled with COVID-19 prior to when Cuomo ordered that all nursing homes must accept patients who tested positive and order that was since reversed. Renters in California struggling to pay will now be getting five more months of relief. State lawmakers approved a bill allowing the partial eviction moratorium to last through the end of June, as well as the creation of a program to dish out over $2.6 billion in rental assistance provided by the federal government. The White House is sidestepping questions about stock market volatility after GameStop shares soared yesterday, causing big losses for hedge funds. He's briefed by his economic team frequently. But uh, I don't have anything more to read out for you. Press Secretary Jen Psaki referred reporters to the Securities and Exchange Commission statement that the situation is under review. President Biden's pick to lead the Department of Homeland Security is one step closer to getting started. The Senate voted Thursday to end a Republican filibuster that was holding up the confirmation vote of Alejandro Mayorkas. You're listening to the latest from NBC News Radio. Voices of Experience airs Tuesdays at 4 p.m. and on Wednesdays at 8 a.m. My name is Paul Casey, your host. It's been a very tough year. I'm not telling you anything that you don't already know. We'll focus on how things will look in the post-pandemic world as far as travel, health, fitness, public affairs. Also, it's just a good time to start your own business. The show is predicated on the fact that experience is our best teacher and that's the people we talk with. That's Voices of Experience airing Tuesdays at 4 p.m. and on Wednesdays at 8 a.m. Time now for a quick look at our KKW Weather Outlook. Tonight, we'll see increasing clouds. We've got a low around 37, then mostly cloudy again for our Friday with a high near 45. Rain likely Friday night with a low around 39. Rain likely Saturday. Mostly cloudy skies and a high near 47, low around 41. A rainy Sunday expected with a high near 48, low around 43. Rain likely Monday. The views expressed on this program are those of the host, guest, and callers and are not necessarily those of KKNW, its management, or other advertisers. This program is sponsored by Debbie Handrich.
1: Welcome, this is Story U Talk Radio, and I am your host, Coach Debbie. I am here with you every Thursday at 4 o'clock Pacific Time and 7 p.m. on the East Coast. And I want to thank you for reserving this hour to spend with me and address that Book or blog or brand or love letter or whatever it might be that you're writing. Some people I know are also putting together their own podcast or their TED Talk. And I come to you every week to talk about those skills that help you be even more expressive and take your desires out into the world and my, my hope is that as you and I get to know each other, we'll meet up here and we'll have conversations and we'll find ways to serve in the world in some sort of collective manner. I've got this show going every week. What do you have going on? I would love to hear about it. You can always write to me on Facebook Messenger, and you can write to my professional page, which is Coach Debbie, and that's D-E-B-B-Y, Coach Debbie. You can write to my personal page, which is Debbie Handrich. So Debbie, again, is D-E-B-B-Y, and Handrich is just like it sounds – H-A-N-D-R-I-C-H. And I'd love to hear from you. And I'd love to find out how are you expressing yourself out in the world. I am offering right now, (laughs) right now, I'm offering a 90-day writer's mastermind for that person who, wants to get their book, their blog, their brand finished in a draft form in about 90 days' time. That's uh, three months. And a lot of people think, well, that's not a lot of time. But actually, what I've come to understand is that it's always taken me a lot more time to think about my book and a lot less time to actually write the manuscript. The cool thing is that once you've written the manuscript, there's so many options open to you. You might go straight into editing mode. You might decide you want to join a writer's group and get some feedback. You might decide, like I often do, to section it out and make it into a lot of topics for blogs or for podcasts or for classroom content, there's so many options. And I just think if you're, if you're willing to commit to about three months' time and follow the techniques and tricks I have for you, as well as a lot of the new mindset ideas, you're going to see a nice full manuscript in about 90 days' time. Today, we are going to talk about this notion of, are you coachable? Mm-hmm. The uh, the sales manager said he was going to call this show, put me in coach. <laughs> I love that. I love that term. I think that's right out of baseball language. It definitely reminded me of John Fogarty, <laughs> put me in coach, you know, it's, It's really, really difficult sometimes to move forward with the things we want to do if we don't know that we're not really teachable, coachable, impressionable, when we're really holding on to some old ideas. And I can tell you from experience that I have signed up for courses and paid Lots of money. Lots of money. Sometimes it was $500. Sometimes it was $5,000. Sometimes it was a lot more. And when did I get my money's worth? Well, the, the teacher had a lot to do with it. The community of people did too. But the big, big, big factor was, was I coachable when I went into that? Was I teachable? Did I have a growth mindset going on? Or was I in that, you know, no pain, no gain, let's force my way through it sort of mindset? We're going to talk about this today because often we don't even know that we're signing up for something, but we haven't really set our mind to that point of I'm coachable, I'm ready to go. I have a lot of take on this topic from my own experience of enrolling myself in programs, but I also have experience as a teacher. I started teaching college writing 25 years ago. That kind of blows my mind. <laughs> in fact, I even started tutoring uh, college students closer to thirty years ago. I really, oh man, that that just doesn't even seem possible. You know, you're probably thinking I'm a hundred years old, um, but actually, no, no, I'm not. Somewhere around age twenty-five, I started tutoring college students in their writing and. I found a real love for that and went on to write and teach at a few colleges. And only in the last seven years or so did I really start to shift into a new hat of entrepreneurialism. Entrepreneurial. That's a hard word to say. Entrepreneurialism. You can probably say it better than me. And what I noticed is is that I I really needed to take up some time in business school. And there were times when I wasn't coachable, and I walked away upset. I walked away feeling like I had put a lot of money in something and didn't get much in return. But there were other times when I came to it with a real growth-oriented mind. And like I said, I saw this a bunch with my own students in literature courses, composition courses, humanities courses. So I want to share what I've learned about this with you because I think you can get so much out of a course if you come to it with that mind This is Story You Talk Radio, and I'm your host, Coach Debbie. I want to thank Melinda for writing in today, for sending in a question about today's topic. We're really working on this notion of, are you coachable? Are you someone who can be taught? And most of us think, of course I am. I'll, I'll tell you this. I I usually think that I love being in learning environments, but what we we need to sometimes do is reflect and gain a little insight on how coachable are we really. So I'm just going to go ahead and take this first call. Uh, I think this is Melinda who is writing in, and. She says, "Dear Coach Debbie, thanks for offering this topic today. I posted in Facebook Messenger, but here it is in oh, here it is in email too. Thank you, Melinda." Um, Melinda says, "When I first took my uh, when I first took my speech writing course, I was very apprehensive that I belonged in the class." seemed like most of the people were more advanced than me I can say that I started the class with a real open mind but as I got to know people I realized I didn't know the lingo and the jargon I felt really left out and I think something changed in me at that point in fact I didn't quite finish the class I've always wanted to go back to the instructor because I really liked her. But I have felt ashamed that something happened when I got that feeling that I didn't really belong there. Mm. Oh, this is such... Yes, yes, Melinda. This is really, really, really on task with what we're talking about today. It's almost as though we have to decide on the inside on, on the inside of us that we belong we have found the right place in order to be coachable and teachable so i don't know what what your situation was melinda but in many situations you you get the opportunity if it's entrepreneurial to at least speak with staff, if not the teacher, before you enroll. On the other hand, if you're going through like an advanced learning course or an online learning course or a college learning course, you might not have that opportunity. And so you have to really read through the offering to get a good sense if you are matched up with the level that's required in the program so I can understand what you're saying you started something uh, you didn't really know the lingo or the jargon you said and you felt something change inside of you that's completely normal it's completely normal as soon as you feel like you might be left out to assume that you are left out. And unfortunately, it sort of makes you not very coachable or teachable. And it's not your fault. It's just a natural thing that the mind does. So let's go over some of these tips about um, what Carol Dweck says in her psychology today blog she talks a lot about mindset and the notion that some of us are growth oriented and some of us are fixed oriented so when we're trying to return to that growth mindset we're really looking at a more holistic way of thinking we, we might be coming to it, for example, uh, many of my students come to me because they want to write a book and they don't want it to take five years. And I offer a class on how to write a book in 90 days. And in that case, I'm really talking about how to move a book from your head to the page in 90 days. I'm, I'm not talking about publishing. I'm not talking about editing. I'm really talking about writing. So if the person comes to me and they know that that's what they want to do, they, they will get a lot out of it if they can see how taking my course fits into a bigger picture. If all they can see is I have this one problem. I don't know how to get my book out of my head and onto the page. That's all I really need to know. That's the only reason I'm really here. Let's get to it. Well, then there's a pressure built up. And there won't be that openness to learn. So I I really work well and teach well and coach well with the person who can see the benefit to their life of writing their book, not just the person who says, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, yeah," I'm, I'm sure at some point it all work out great. But for right now, let's just get this thing done. Just, just uh, tell me the steps. Let's, let's go forward. That, that person isn't very coachable. And Melinda, my guess is that you're nothing like that. On the other hand, when I start talking and using those expressions that are common for composition and literature and writing. It's, it's my hope that I'm giving explanation around it, but if I'm not, I'm really trying to have a, an environment where people know they can ask questions. But even if I'm falling short in that area, a person who knows they're coachable and teachable comes to class aware that their questions are welcomed, that everyone else in the class benefits from having questions. So a coachable mind, a teachable mind knows if, if I'm not sure what... Um, Oh, what's, what's something we might talk about in, did you say it was a business class you were taking, Melinda? Let's just go with business classes for a moment. Uh, I took a business class not too long ago, and they were talking about lead generations. And I thought, what's that? I have no idea what that is. And then the conversation got deeper. And more people were talking, and they kept building on the idea. But I didn't know the basic idea. What's a what's a lead generation? But one thing I knew was I want to stay in this conversation. And my hand popped in the air, and I said, you know, forgive me. This might be a really basic question, but I do need you to help me understand what's a lead generation. And the teacher went, oh of course I I talk this way all day long a lead generation is and she expounded on that and I was immediately right back in the conversation because now I understood so what I've learned on the side of being a student is that that growth mindset means There's going to be questions, and it'll be either other people in the class are going to ask them, or as my needs come up, I'm going to ask them. But I'm not going to assume that if I have a question, things are above my head and I don't belong. I've done that before. It sounds like, Melinda, you got a little caught in that. But I, I also get the sense that it didn't serve you. And it, it's really important that we find a way to be open to possibility. So one possibility is when your instructor is speaking a language that you're not 100% you get. You put your hand in the air and you say, I think I lost you right at this point. Could I ask you to go back? This is the piece I don't understand and offer it takes a bit of guts. It really does. It's kind of gutsy to say, I, I want to ask for a little hold, a little pause here. But you're you're really asking to be included and your in, instructor and your teacher, they want that for you. They want you to be included Really, it shows that you're not resistant to learning. It shows that you know you are a participant. So, Melinda, I hope that serves you. It was a really good question, and um, I'm sorry that I, I was having a hard time at first, following where you wanted me to read from. I did see that there was Messenger and the email. So, I hope I got it all. And you are always welcome to send a follow-up question. Again, for the rest of you, the email address is AskCoachDebbie. That's all one word. AskCoachDebbie at gmail.com. And Debbie is spelled D-E-B-B-Y. AskCoachDebbie at gmail.com. So let's take just a little shout out today about what it means to get stuck and not be able to go forward as someone that is teachable and coachable. We, we tend to think that we are open minded. It's, it's like we, we tend to think I'm, I'm friendly. I tend to think I'm open. I tend to think I'm, uh, I don't necessarily tend to think I'm ready. Sometimes I stall on that. What's another one we tend to think about? Maybe we tend to think that we have a good worldview. Or we tend to think we've learned a lot at this point in our life. And that's a wonderful thing. It's wonderful to be esteemed and to come into any arena like a a classroom and think, you know, I'm a good person. I'm willing to ask questions. I'm open minded. I'm ready. But there's also, in addition to that, there's this need to be willing to be corrected If we find ourselves a little resistant to something new, or if we get stuck that we've already studied something quite a bit, and we don't really want to spend more time studying something more, we we might not be open and willing to give an earnest effort to something if we're not coachable. We, we might actually, and this is sort of what some people call the shadow side of signing up for coaching, we might have shown up to um, kind of be the big kid in class and not necessarily the one who's ready to learn and to, to be in that place of possibility again. What about the notion of being accountable? Now, many of us think, oh, I I can do anything if I have an accountability buddy. Well, if that's the truth, if you just need to have someone that you know that you call every night about the homework, get yourself an accountability buddy. There's nothing wrong with that. It really shows that you desire feedback. There's also the person that is really ready to be coachable, they're they're willing to be responsible. And that doesn't mean that they put so much on their shoulders that they're they're burdened, but more so it means that they're in that flow of kind of balancing their their new thoughts with taking some sort of action. doesn't have to be a big action, but applying what they're learning in some sort of way. I know when I fall out of this, and I just recently was working with a student that really got into the gain and fixed and stuck mindset, couldn't see the big picture, fell into some of her own weaknesses of, you know, just wanting that quick fix. Uh, it's, it's very uncomfortable because somehow we start to feel isolated there when we know, even if we don't know that we're not coachable, but we know that we're not fitting the way that some others in the class really are fitting we're starting to wonder why. I I had an experience not too long ago where a woman I was working with just really, really started to slip from the place of, I want to write this book, I'm excited to write this book, into the place of, really, do you really think I can have this thing on paper in 90 days? Because I don't want to be here two years later. She started saying things like that. And I don't think she knew how strongly that's a resistant statement. That's that's resisting that she has signed up for a process that's working for others, that's working for people who have already completed the course, that could work very well for her if she stayed open. She didn't really understand that it was her that was bringing the gate down. Now, of course, something that was happening in class could have triggered it. Who knows? Maybe somebody said something that left her feeling like others in the class are more advanced than her. I don't know. She didn't tell me. But it, it got real edgy there for a while. And I, I had to remind her that in order to grow, we have to have a coachable growth mindset. And you don't want to ever confuse your excitement to do something with your commitment to do something because there's there's often difference we can be very very excited to write our book very very excited to see it done very very excited to get it out in the world but does it mean we're committed to the the trialed or the tried and true ideas that are laid out in the course Does it mean that we're willing to take on maybe a new habit or two to ensure that this can happen? Sometimes I find that people are willing to write, you know, 10 hours a day on Sunday and then go to their nine to five job and they're thinking that that's going to produce a book. And maybe, maybe, maybe there's a small percentage of people that can work with that model. I don't know that model to work. I see that as a model that will produce tremendous burnout. And I had a little little bird talking in my ear telling me that the woman I was speaking about just a moment ago was kind of taken on a model similar to that. She was getting a little burned out and she was thinking that 90 days, 90 days was not her number, was not going to work for her. So even though we know that in certain situations we're very open-minded, we're very ready to take on something new. We feel like we have a belonging or a kinship with people, I really think to be coachable and teachable, we have to keep checking in with our mind. One of the best ways I know to help people do this is to encourage people to have a journal while they're going through a class. Because that's a place where you can write down, you know, I had a real hard time in class today because... When you see those words reflected back to you, you're more liable to ask your instructor a question. You might use a journal to help you remember that, wow, you came to class one day feeling overwhelmed and you left with a lot of takeaways. You might want to write some of those down in your journal, especially if it's around a problem area. Now, what I find is the people that tell me they have enough time to take the class, but they don't have enough time to journal for 10 minutes after class or when their day starts, I really find that that person is just a bit resistant, a bit resistant to being teachable. And I say that because when ideas are just mumbling and jumbling around in our mind it's really really hard to remember what you want to say when you come back to class it's really really hard to work with your own attitude and realize oh that might have just been a kind of a rough day and nothing more I mean, we can turn situations into situations, <laughs> right? We all have that capacity to kind of blow things up if we're not reviewing, if we're not reflecting, and just holding ourselves accountable to the notion that we can't just be teachable on day one when we're Full of excitement, charged up and ready to go. We gotta continue to be teachable throughout the class. Mm-hmm. We have to continue to invest, because remember, if you're taking five thousand dollars of your hard-earned money, you are investing in yourself. Uh huh. You didn't just give that money to a teacher and and make sure that they have food on the table. No, 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 no. The growth mindset says you earned that money and you put that money down because you decided to make an investment in yourself. You decided to show up. You decided to ask questions. You decided to be open to possibility. You decided to see the big picture. You decided to have a growth mindset. You really committed to the entire continuum of that class. I, I, I want to share this word with you, continuum. This is a word that Carol Dweck uses on her Psychology Today blog. It's not really something I thought about when I help my students adopt a growth mindset but it's so true when you're in a class you're on a continuum of development so those dollars you're spending on class is an investment in yourself and if you're only there to gain or to deal with a fixed problem You're not going to see the times in which it's essential to come back and reflect and review and to look at that big picture again. Uh, I I want to also say right here that something I've noticed is tiny little things like deciding you're going to be on time. And you're going to be prepared for each class. Tiny little things like going to bed maybe just a teeny bit earlier the night before an early morning class. That is growth mindset. Because you're making a little choice that adds up to a big investment. Mm -hmm. Really, truly. I was talking with Martin a little bit about this. Hello, Martin. Thank you for being a new and lovely person that I know. Martin and I were having a little back and forth conversation about the notion of wanting to share something. It was me. I was I was wanting to share something in class, and yet... When I read over the piece of writing I wanted to share, I realized it, it, it shined kind of a a dull light on people I care about. And if I'm going to shine a light on people I care about, I want to shine brightly. So it wasn't that I thought I didn't write the piece well. It was more that I felt like I had, I had fallen away from my honor. Of the other person in the piece and I wanted to add that in before I shared it publicly so instead of sharing the piece I decided to offer a story and it went okay but what I got caught up in what my mind did was my mind told me that since I had made a commitment that I would bring my piece of writing to class and as a student share it with the other students and then I didn't do it, that somehow I was falling short as someone that is coachable and that wants to be really committed to their teacher and their community. And fortunately, Martin came through and said, that he actually had a very good experience hearing me tell my story. And sometimes that's just what we need to hear. We need someone that is giving and thoughtful in that same spirit that Martin was to me when we're questioning if we're coachable and teachable. Because it's really, really easy to let our ideas run away with us and take us far from that big picture goal we set. I mean, there I am in a class with other like-minded learners. I don't want to just cower and decide that I don't belong because I wasn't really coming through with my word. It would be more true that I didn't come through with my word if I hadn't brought anything to class. But instead, I chose to bring a story and to just share it and talk about it instead of a poem. And at that moment, I felt it was a lesser than thing, and it made me appear uncoachable. But Martin reminded me that the story had value. He brought it back to what the whole purpose is about and not just what that one little situation in class was about. I got stuck in thinking about how we gain momentum in the moment and he was helping me think about the big picture, the growth mindset. So even though I'm a teacher, even though I've been a teacher, like I said in the beginning of this podcast, I mentioned to you, I've been teaching now. It, it, it almost knocks me over, but my very first job as a tutor began 30 years ago. And, and sometimes I count back on my fingers just to make sure, is that right? But it is. I was 25 years old when I got my first job as a teacher and I I just turned 55 and I don't want to believe it's true, but it's true. And so even with that history, I have to still make sure that when I sign up for something new, I sign up with a growth mindset. I allow myself to be coachable. And as I go through that class I've signed up for, I need to take inventory along the way and take a look at how I'm doing. And am I still coachable? Am I still working on what Carol Dweck calls the continuum of growth? Am I open to having accountability buddy? Am I motivated by my commitment and not just my initial joy and excitement that i had because i got into the class you know sometimes i've i've had um students come to me (laughs) and you know at the college we would have these things that are called office hours you would put a note on your door that just let people know for the entire semester You can find me in my office these three hours every week, almost no matter what, you know. So time and time again, people would come to my office, they'd sit down and they'd say, you don't know me, but I really want to take your class. And I I see you have a wait list, but I want to make it into your class. And they'd have this pit and and it was usually a really good pitch of why I should sign the overload slip today so they didn't have to wait any longer on a wait list and they would be in class and all would be done. Now what I noticed is that that sort of person was really really excited to move forward. But excitement is not the same as commitment. So I'd have to dig deeper and I'd have to ask good questions to find out what is motivating the student to make sure they get off of the wait list and into class. Now, some of them would say, oh, because, you know, I've put off taking this class for a really long time and I want to graduate at the end of the semester. So, I mean, hey. If I don't get into your class this semester, I'm gonna have to go to school longer. And that's that's gonna ruin everything I've planned. Well, that's a pretty good answer, you know. But I was usually looking for a better one. And it wasn't that I wouldn't sign their slip. I often would, but it would often lead to me telling them if I sign the slip and make sure that you get into the class that you're telling me you've put off for two and a half years, (laughs) Um, I just want to make sure that the whole reason you've put off the class, you can set down and we can start to look at ways that you're going to embrace this class so that you get the most out of it, so that hopefully you get a desired grade from it. And so that it serves you. Because what I know is when we put things off, it's usually because we think it's going to be painful. On the other hand, when we're really, 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 really excited. And we really, really, really want someone to do something for us. Like sign the overload slip. You know what it reminds me of? (laughs) It reminds me of those people that just got a puppy for Christmas. And they're so happy. They're so in love with the puppy. But there's two there's two types of people that get a puppy for Christmas. You know, one type really, really thought about the puppy they wanted. They've looked into the breeds. They they know uh, a thing or two or ten about training a puppy. They've come to this with experience and. They've either invested in a puppy on their own and gifted themselves or everyone around them did it for them because they know that the person is serious. But there's another type of person that has that excited puppy love and they're they're just the ones that um, unfortunately they're they're not necessarily invested in the puppy's life yet they're. They, they have a certain indulgence of, you know, feeling, feeling really, really loved by a puppy. And who wouldn't? But you know, like I know, puppies require commitment, right? They got to be fed. They got to be walked. They got to be loved. They got to be trained. And without commitment, that puppy might end up in someone else's home, or worse. And we don't want to approach our life with just an excitement mentality that moves us back to just wanting to gain. We want to be that person that's growth-oriented, because when we are, we're teachable, we're coachable. Our investment pays off. We feel good. We know we're in the right place. That's where you belong. That's where I want to see you. These are called mindset skills. There are all kinds of people that teach mindset skills. I embed them in my courses as well. What I really want to encourage you, if you only have one takeaway today, it is to continue to let yourself review and look at the big picture because that's going to help you keep your mind really intact with whatever it is you decide to invest in. I hope this serves you today. Thank you again for sending in your letters and your questions during the week. I want to encourage you to go to www.coachdebbie, That's D-E-B-B-Y coachdebbie.com, sign up for my newsletter, and we can work a little closer together in my inner circles. And until next Thursday, when we come together here again, I wish you a beautiful week. Namaste, my friends.